Am I live? Did they let me in? <clears throat> Good morning. We got a, uh, for the first time in a long time, got a little pop-up screen, five by five in the chat. Appreciate y'all. Got a little pop-up screen that said YouTube or live streaming is not available right now. Had to do a little back-end runaround to get into my own YouTube channel yet again. Thanks, YouTube. Uh, the best. Andy Barnes, 5x5. Five five. Thank you. Finger Lakes Preparedness Network. The Finger Lakes in upstate New York, where all the maple leaves turn orange in the fall. Beautiful region. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bear from the internet, and we're going to read the brief that posted the Patreon yesterday and that I would have talked about on the interwebs yesterday had I felt like it, and I didn't feel like it, so... Here we are today. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of Biden's polling. We're going to talk about the Houthi rebels and uh, civil war and the myth of the bug out bag in context of civil war. <clears throat> so, welcome. Their independent brief to January 24. I can't believe it's 2024 already. It just keeps going. U.S. politics have just experienced some pivotal turns of events related to the upcoming 2024 election, as I'm sure you're aware. Colorado and Maine have both excluded Donald Trump from their ballots, citing the 14th Amendment, which disqualifies anyone engaged in insurrection from holding office. If that's what an insurrection looks like, boy, are people in for a wake-up call in 2024. Also... Never convicted of insurrection, so that's fun. Unsurprisingly, the Supreme Court is expected to get involved in this case, and there are already calls for Justice Clarence Thomas to recuse himself because of his wife's involvement in the 2020 election controversy. Jenny Thomas, his wife, was at the January 6th rally and also, quote, pressed 29 Arizona state lawmakers to override the popular vote by selecting Trump loyalists as electors, end quote, according to Rolling Stone which is known for their ultra-conservative, accurate reporting, as I'm sure you're aware. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu told CNN on Sunday, look, quote, look, if there was any validity about keeping Trump off a ballot, you would see 48 other states trying to do the same thing. Personally, I think this was very politically motivated by the main secretary of state, you think. Trump should be on the ballot. Everybody understands that, end quote. He also said, quote, I think, again, the U.S. Supreme Court will likely overturn both of these challenges and we can all move on with him on the ballot in all 50 states, end quote. <clears throat> An interesting thing is happening with the polling. Not that polling isn't predictive, it's indicative. And that's an important clarification. Polling's not perfect, and it is not definitive. The poll says, therefore, it must be. Um, but it's predictive. It's a snapshot in time of how people are feeling. And it's an imperfect snapshot in time because you could get a, a skew in the data based upon who you poll and how many people you poll. Comma. It appears that these rampant, blatant attacks on Donald Trump are doing nothing to actually help the Democratic Party and are actually increasing his support because more and more people 
are waking up in the post-COVID age of tyranny and realizing, oh, the deep state is real. Oh, politicians are scumbags. Wow, they really are out to get him, which is only increasing his popularity. And it, in my mind, shines a light on how weak the establishment positions are as far as their ability to perform, ability to do what they say, and uh, their platforms. It's just hot trash all the way around. Nikki Haley really, really, like, really, we're going to even attempt to run this woman. Joe Biden, already oldest president in U.S. history, literally doesn't know where he is half the time. It would be sad if he wasn't the president of the United States of America. If he was your grandpa, you'd say, Grandpa, you need to go back in the old folks' home. You're a danger to yourself and everybody else. Here's some ice cream. I would probably say, sir, put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest for pedophilia. But that's a different conversation. So more and more people. Is anybody under 80 running? I think um, DeSantis is what? 17, 18 years old. <laughs> Something like that. What's up, Elsie? Shalom. There is concern the removal of Trump from the two state ballots will only enable more opportunity. was the design of the framers, and that's what they would have us do. End quote. I don't think anybody's running scared from Trump, unless, of course, your establishment. I also, to be clear, do not think, nor have I ever thought, Trump is the Messiah. Especially if he's already served one term, you're going to have, in essence, a lame duck second presidency. And some people say, well, that would be incredible because he's got nothing to lose. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Now, me personally, if I'm being completely honest, I would prefer a Trump presidency to anybody else for a handful of reasons. One is at least the perception of security on a national level. The other is a perception in increased economic stimulus in the country. The value of the dollar matters. The velocity of the dollar matters. Uh, Inflation sucks. (laughs) I, uh, costs are up on everything, as I'm sure you're aware. And the economic stability of the country is abysmal. And so maybe... I would like to hope maybe if Trump got elected, we would have fewer of those problems. A separate development is that special counsel Jack Smith has urged the federal appeal court to reject Trump's claim. Have a great day. Be safe. A separate development is that special counsel Jack Smith has urged the federal appeal court to reject Trump's claim that he is immune. Oh, my God. The rectangle, we had a breakdown in communications via the rectangle. Who would have thought? Oh, hey, look, phones, they're stupid. Let's try again. Probably operator error. A separate development is that special counsel Jack Smith has urged the federal appeal court to reject Trump's claim that he is immune from the current attempt at prosecution over his actions running up to the January 6th insurrection. Trump's legal team has asserted that he should have immunity because he was exempted by his official duties as commander-in-chief and also because he was ultimately acquitted by the same Senate after his impeachment for the same conduct. Now, that's particularly where I land on this. Dude was never convicted of anything. 
So, so to say that he's guilty of insurrection is a literal misnomer. He might be uh, rectum tangle, whoa, Hemi, whatever you're into. Um, he might be guilty of insurrection in your mind, but he's not actually guilty of insurrection. Which, of course, plays into the charge of lawlessness. Um, innocent until proven guilty is how it's supposed to be in this country. Uh, unless, of course, you have a private island in the Virgin Islands, little St. James Island. I'm sure you guys have seen there's a lot of hullabaloo going around right now. John Doe 63, I believe it is, uh, a.k.a. former President Bill Clinton, who went to Epstein Island uh either 17 or 37 times, I'm not remembering correctly, via the travel logs and documentation, of which he says that uh, he never went to Epstein's private house. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people are saying, where's that book? I think it's over there. A lot of people are saying, you know, we need to see the Epstein client list. Maybe. Here's the thing. I don't think seeing the Epstein client list is actually going to help anything for a couple of reasons. Number one is most people, like most Americans, simply don't care. And it may be that they are indoctrinated uh, and they just, it's not even on their political radar. Or it may be that food and energy and rent cost so much that they don't have the bandwidth to care which is part of how the distraction is perpetuated is that when it's Maslow's hierarchy, when you're concerned about what your children are going to eat, you don't have the luxury of caring about what Epstein did on his private island. You just don't care. It's not on your radar. I don't think it's going to matter uh, because these people will never see prosecution. Additionally, Epstein, who did not kill himself and may still be alive, what most people don't realize is that he cut a plea deal with the FBI a decade ago. A decade ago. And so that's why you didn't see a whole lot of prosecution in his cases. Additionally, a federal judge of the 100 plaintiffs that they had, only two, and see that here's the, here's the tricksy part that a lot of people don't understand on the back end because of innocent until proven guilty, of the 100 plaintiffs, only two would testify in court. And if the plaintiff is unwilling or unable to testify in court, essentially all you have is hearsay criminally. Now, civilly, you could probably put a case together. And in many cases, the Epstein victims did put a case together and they sued the shit out of him. And many of them won. And I think that's great. But criminally, the dude had a plea deal with the feds over a decade ago. And part of that had to, uh, had to do with the um, 2008 financial crisis and the connections that he had at Bear Stearns and other places. Which, again, gets back to the client list. We need to see the client list. Here it is. This book right here. The Jeffrey Epstein Case, Traffic King by Conchita Sarnoff. Very dry 
in some places and half of the book is an apology or it's apologetics by Conchita as to the fact that she knew Epstein and she and her family had lunch at his private island on many occasions and it was only later that she found out that he was a bad guy and then she dedicated her life because she's got kids you know to uh making sure that um you know this dude would be behind bars and as a journalist she did a lot of digging into what was going on here it's a decent book if you understand like rule one of intelligence consider the source so she was close to epstein not friends so she says she also had uh, a relationship with uh Ghislaine maxwell they weren't friends but they knew each other okay interesting so um anyway all that to say clinton is uh not named but named in the 174 pages of heavily redacted files coming out on epstein nothing will come of it nothing will come of it and here's another thing honestly my opinion of this being heavily involved in the anti-human trafficking space the epstein case while involving incredibly powerful people and absolutely being unrighteous is pretty damn vanilla if i needed a distraction if i was one of the bad guys and i needed a distraction or a misinformation campaign i would absolutely keep people talking about the epstein case because what epstein did compared to what people are doing right now is night and day different he was a scumbag and the people who went to his island and did those things also scumbags but in the scale of depravity and i'm not making apologies for him because he's a piece of shit. but in the scale of depravity it's nothing it's nothing compared to what other people of law enforcement federal government and military where's that book oh i can see it it's over there have been caught doing and are doing so i would 100 percent if i was the big bay keep people focused on the epstein case because it is the equivalent of shoplifting versus murder when it comes to the scale of depravity do you think he's actually dead no i don't lamppost again he had a plea deal with the feds uh for more than a decade he was a star witness and again read this book get this book traffic king by Kinchita sarnoff if you actually want to know the details of the case not just what's out there on the internet and what your friend's friend said that they heard off of a TikTok three months ago get this book it is a well-written book um the content of which again half of it is apologetics on i knew epstein but i didn't know he was a scumbag but it details the uh federal cases against him and the case in the uh, state of florida against him and who the plaintiffs were and why they didn't go to court and blah 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 so anyway bill clinton yeah yeah it's kind of like uh i smoked weed but i never inhaled kind of thing is the argument he's making right now We'll uh, see how that goes. 
Let's see. The year 2024 has only just begun and it's already shaping up to be a wild ride for U.S. politics. It may well be a race between the oldest president in U.S. history and perhaps the first former president to be on trial for criminal charges. This is also expected to be the first election that will be swamped with deep fakes and disinformation fueled by the current Wild West era of artificial intelligence development. Uh, and remember, there was actual Russian collusion uh, in the 2020 election and 2016 election. Except the Russians were working for who? Precisely. Social media was working for who? Uh, hint. It wasn't Trump. Most importantly, the American people appear to be more divisively and bipartisan and passionately bipartisan than ever before. A senior fellow at the think tank Ethics and Public Policy Center, Henry Olson, said, quote, if you have something like the last couple of elections where it's razor thin and people who don't understand the American electoral process see malfeasance and misfeasance where there is none, we have a very non-trivial chance of violence. I wouldn't even presume that we wouldn't have an outbreak of sporadic violence before that. The fact is when people see each other as the enemy and talk about each other as the enemy, people who are mentally unbalanced and have access to firearms will do mentally unbalanced things. Now, think tanks typically are very liberal. And so this guy here, Henry Olson, is saying essentially prepare for civil unrest in 2024 because of political division. Also beware people who have guns. Now, the problem with that statement, Mr. Henry, is that statistically law-abiding firearms owners are like a fraction of a percentage of violent crime. A fraction of a percentage. It's really not us you got to worry about. And here's just a key data point on that. Um, exhibit A. I'm not George Soros. I don't fund Black Lives Matter. I don't fund Antifa. I don't fund color revolutions around the world. I don't collapse currencies for fun. I don't do that. I try to feed my family and pay my bills and protect the people that I love. And Yah forbid, operate some businesses and ministries in 2024 in the United States of America. That's what I do. Now, if you F.A., you will F.O., but I don't drop semi-loads of pallets of bricks at mostly peaceful protests. I have never established an autonomous zone called Chaz Chop in a major American city. I have no blue hair. I have no political affiliation. I pay taxes. I'm not the problem. You're not the problem. <sighs> Comma. I would absolutely plan to see civil unrest and societal violence in 2024 because of the spin up to these elections and because the big they know, the establishment knows that like more and more people are waking up to the fact that they're full of shit. There was a video that Pastor Joe referenced in a Patreon video yesterday from Sigma 3 Survival School talking about civil war and unrest and in that video i know reference to the reference to the reference in that video there was a woman a disgustingly liberal woman who had contracted for the cia 
looking at 38 different indicators for civil war in countries around the world. And there were two that were predictive of a civil war. One is an anocracy, which is an interesting word that means a democracy in name only, where people get to vote for who they want to be the dictator, and then the dictator does whatever they want. And based upon that definition, I would submit we more or less have had an, an anocracy for most of my life. And we currently have one because uh, the federal government does not care what you think about what they do. They just do it. Okay. So representative republic, not for a long time have we had a representative republic. And as clarified previously on many different occasions, we are not supposed to have a democracy because in a democracy, mob rules. 51% of people get to tell 49% of people what to do. We are supposed to have a representative republic where we uphold the rights of the individual per our founding documents, where 99% of the people don't get to tell 1% of the people what to do. That's what we're supposed to have. And your representatives are supposed to fight for you if you're the 1% and say, no, this person has a God-given, constitutionally protected right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's not how it works here. So, anocracy, check. The other is the other predictive factor is when you have a defunct or almost defunct political power that is losing their power and influence that stirs up their base to civil unrest. Bro. <laughs> Now, all that being said, good morning, honey. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. I didn't live stream yesterday because dirt work. So I'm live streaming today. I'm giving the people what they want, I believe. I don't know. There's 1,800 people here. If they didn't want it, they could go watch Barney and Friends or Thomas the Tank Engine or some other, some other retarded show. Um predictive programming we've got that civil war 2024 movie coming out we got a lot of people talking about civil war uh we just had that obama funded rag of a movie that came out leave the world behind terrible movie i did a video about that um <laughs> the hard crew is singing the barney theme song in the chat there you go we're a great big family i believe yeah. I love you. You love me. We're a happy, we're a happy family. There you go. Barney. I'm telling, I don't know for a fact, but the guy who wore that Barney suit had to be a weirdo. There's no way you could do that. 10 hours a day on a sound stage, surrounded by all those kids and not like at a minimum, just be like slamming whiskey cocktails and pounding lines of blow in the changing room. <laughs> in between sets i don't i don't trust barney first of all dinosaurs dinosaurs eat that t-rex t-rexes eat meat so don't trust barney second of all nobody's that happy all the time now if like barney lost his shit on occasion and like took out a two by four and was like listen up jimmy you sing that song wrong one more time i'm a flap you i'd be like okay well barney's real like there's a real person in there 
Yeah, you think it's in like the the Barney uh, behind the scenes footage? Maybe, probably. Cluster cluck. It was reported that one dude was a pedo. That's what I'm saying. Now I just I just don't trust. I don't trust people in costumes who hang out with kids. Even if that costume is a three-piece suit and you're standing on a podium that says President of the United States of America. I don't do it. So, um, predictive programming Civil War 2.0. One of the things I wanted to talk about is with Civil War, many of you all know you live in absolutely the wrong place and your population density sucks. And so let's tie this into preparedness a little bit. Uh, if when bad thing happens, external stimulus happens, I'm going to grab my bug out bag and I'm going to go. And I've already discussed with y'all that the bug out bag is the least important piece of that, that scenario. The first thing is the bug out location. Where am I going? Which informs your route. How am I going to get there? And you should have multiple routes, access and egress. How do I get in and out? Which means you need area familiarity. You need to be able to get there without GPS, Right which goes back to area familiarity, paper maps, which goes into your bug out vehicle, which means you need to have at least air in your tires and oil in your engine and fuel in your fuel tank and know how to get there. And ideally, you don't live in a place like New York, Miami, San Francisco, Dallas, where you and 300,000 of your closest friends are going to be stuck on the interstate all at the same time trying to GTFO which goes to bug out indicators. When do I leave? When seven of these 10 or four of these seven check marks are checked, we go, we get out. Um, and then again, bug out location, bug out vehicle, bug out kit. What am I taking with me when I go? Because I don't actually have anything pre-staged at the bug out location. So I got to take all my stuff with me and will it fit in the vehicle along with all the people that I've got to take with me. And if I'm taking multiple vehicles, do I have a bump plan and can we cross load from one to the other, which all comes down to logistics, which then gets into part of that bug out kit. The stuff I'm taking with me is the bug out bag because ultimately all systems devolve into a man portable system. And then what you have in the bug out bag, a lot of y'all are carrying way too much weight or no water or a bunch of gadgets because you think that you're a ranger and you're going to carry a 95 pound rucksack full of shit, even though you don't PT on a regular basis. And you definitely don't carry a 95 pound rucksack full of shit because you have it in your mind that if I have to, I can. I'll just make it work when I can, which is ridiculous because you do not rise to your level of expectation. You fall to your level of training. Thus, the myth of the bug out bag. I'm in Ulster, Ulster County. Get out. <laughs> Ulster County. No. Talk about population density. <sighs> I identify as a Tacoma. That's cute. I can park a Tacoma on the flatbed on the back of my truck. Whatever you're into, homie. I can tow. What is a Tacoma? I can tow nine Tacomas. I think nine. I think I can tow nine Tacomas. Whatever you're into. Okay. But here's the thing. The myth of the bug out bag. And the reason I bring this up is a whole bunch of people will buy some cheap nylon Chinese bullshit 
and throw a bunch of stuff that they don't know how to use into the bag and go, check, got it. I have a bug out bag. When things get bad, I can get out. When in reality, you only need really a handful of things. Food, water, shelter. Food, water, shelter is predominantly what should be in your bug out bag. Uh, he just came in from outside. Oh, that's because he loves you. He might be hungry too. It's also below freezing outside, so. Battle dog doing battle dog stuff. I have like one blonde hair in my mustache that keeps catching the, the light and looking weird. So, um, food, water, shelter is predominantly what you should be carrying in your bug out bag. Next from there, foot care and probably medical. And then people said, well, what about the 10 C's, the 12 C's of survival? Yeah. So do you have an EDC? Because you should have a cutting tool. You should have combustion. You should have a defensive pistol and some reloads on you. You should have some medical on you. Right. I got an ankle kit and a spare tourniquet in my pocket right now. What about compass and navigation chest rig what about candle headlamp spare batteries chest rig okay what about the sharpening stone for my cutting tool chest rig what about observation chest rig also if you're in a non-permissive environment if things have really hit the fan this is something that like no preppers think about at all and you probably should because we all love our guns. We all love our rifles. I got an AR-15. No, I run an AK-47. I like the FNFAL. I'm running an AR-10. Okay. If you're walking around carrying the rifle in a high population density area where people can see you, and there's some authority there, UN peacekeepers, National Guard, military, sheriff's department, whatever, and they observe you, probably dressed in camo, carrying a rucksack, carrying a rifle. What do you think their ROEs are? Dude has rifle. Who is that dude? I don't know. How's he behaving? It looks pretty aggressive. If he raises that rifle, shoot him. Well, I have a one to eight on top of my rifle that I use for observation. That's great. Me too. Don't raise that rifle. Not where anybody can see you. Okay. LARP around and find out precisely Palmetto and see preppers focus way too much on gear. And a lot of that gear is firearms and all their cool guy shit. It's the other way around. You need cool guys skills. And then it doesn't matter what you have. If you've got a 4570 lever gun, but you have cool guy skills, you're good. You're good. You got a 357 wheel gun, but you have cool guy skills. You're good. But dropping $5,000 on a rifle and $15,000 on a helmet and knots does not make you an operator. Myth of the bug out bag. <coughs> I would submit likely based on the Pareto distribution, 80% of y'all watching right now, that would be 1600 of y'all watching right now. Don't actually have a bug out plan. You don't know what the external stimulus is that's going to cause you to bug out in the first place. You don't know where you're going. 
Well, I think I might I might head to Jim's house outside of town. Does Jim know you're coming? Does Jim know to expect you? Or are you going to show up at 3 o'clock in the morning when Jim's on high alert because of the same external stimulus and get shot in the face when you roll up on Jim? Do you have a way to communicate with Jim? You see what I'm saying? So, 2024, new year, new me. I've told you previously, we're going to be getting a little bit more serious at this channel. I'm pushing you to actually logically think these things through and not just check the box that I have a piece of shit, cheap nylon backpack with stuff thrown in it, stuff that I don't even know how to use. Check, got a bug out bag. Okay. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. And if you were going to gamble the lives of your wife and children on your inadequate plan and preparedness, shame on you. Okay? Okay. <sighs> the myth of the bug out bag. Civil War 2.0 is coming. Cool. What are you going to do about it? You know, the I had a very, uh, I got a, a video that pissed off a lot of people. What to do in martial law. Step one, don't be there. Don't be there. Oh, the Russians are coming. No, I wouldn't be there. The UN, the peacekeepers, I wouldn't be there either. You're going to run away from the fight? Dude, if they're rolling BMPs down the street, you and your buddies take your AR-15. Tell me how many rounds you get off before the coaxial gun goes off and obliterates you. Right? Because shoot, move, communicate, sustain. Everybody wants to focus, focus on shoot. Can you even move? Can you communicate? Do you have any sustenance? No. Got a quart of water on my kit. All right. Best of luck. Timmy got shot through the leg. Do you have a tourniquet? Do you know how to use it? Is it in the pelvic girdle? Do you have hemostatic agents? Do you have curved Kellys? Do you know how to pinch off a bleeder? Do you know how to wound pack that thing? Do you have a quick letter that you can get Timmy on? Have you ever trained moving a casualty on a quick letter? Where are you going? What's your higher level of care? No, we're just going to stand up and fight the bad guys. Dude, logistics wins wars, and you're not a soldier, and neither am I. And even if you were, you're not anymore. You don't have Uncle Sam's log train to support you. You don't have the intel. You don't have the commo. So, yeah, if the BMPs start rolling down the street, me and my seven-year-old are not going to go fight the BMPs. You know what we're going to do? We're going to work our network. And when I hear the BMPs are rolling down the street four counties away, I'm be like, hey, guys, we're up. Cool. Where are we going? Don't worry about that. We're going to hitch up the bug out trailer. I'm going to take my truck. You take your car. Uh, let me contact all the other homies. We're rolling out. Yeah, freaking drones, too, says in the woods. Yeah, freaking drones too. See, it's not as it's not as clear cut as people want it to be. And you can buy all the ballistic nylon in the world and load all the five five six in the magazines you want. And to be clear, I'm cool with that. But if you don't have the skills and the planning that goes with it, you're just LARPing and you're gonna die. And you're gonna get people you love killed. And I don't want that for you.
Okay. Okay. Quickly, this mouse is so non-participatory. It's just you. It, well, it's just me then. At least for me, it hates my guts. It always works for me. It would, well, you have the touch or something. I do. I must have a chip in me. Yeah, it's your robotness. From usatoday.com. Headline, a fraying coalition, black, Hispanic, and young voters abandon Biden as the election year begins. Hmm. If I was the Democratic Party, how would I deal with that? Maybe flood the southern border with people who are getting fifteen dollars to $20,000 in benefits from the Democratic Party um, while also bringing in, you know, a whole metric shit ton of military-aged males, many of whom are Chinese because the leadership at the highest levels in this country has been compromised by the CCP. Hmm. Anyway, President Joe Biden heads into the election year showing alarming weakness among stalwarts of the Democratic base with Donald Trump leading among Hispanic voters and young people. One in five black voters now say they'll support a third-party candidate in November. In a USA Today Suffolk University poll, Biden's failure to consolidate support in key parts of the coalition that elected him in 2020 has left him narrowly trailing Trump, the likely Republican nominee, 39 to 37. 17 support, 17 percent support an unnamed third party candidate. Yeah, that's probably RFK. When seven candidates are specified by name, Trump's lead inches up three percentage points, 37 to 34, with independent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at the top of the third party candidates at 10 percent. The findings underscore the formidable political task the president faces this year to win a second term. Blah, blah, blah. Quote from uh, some Democratic lady in Virginia. Blah, blah, blah. Biden now claims the support of just 63% of black voters, a precipitous decline from the 87% he carried in 2020, according to the Roper Center. He trails among Hispanic voters by five percentage points, 39 to 34. In 2020, he swamped Trump among that demographic group, two to one at 65 to 32%. And among voters under 35, a generation largely at odds with the GOP on issues such as abortion access and climate change, both of which are bullshit, Trump now leads 37 to 33. Younger voters overwhelmingly backed Biden in 2020. The possible good news for the president is that much of the support he needs to be he needs to rebuild has drifted to third-party candidates, not into the camp of his likely opponent. 20% of Hispanic and black voters and 21% of young voters now say they'll back someone other than the two main contenders. Yeah, because we had a global pandemic where the media went on an international media blitz to tell us that sticking experimental drugs in our arms and wearing diapers over our face was normal. And if you didn't acquiesce to the normalcy, you were the problem and you were literally killing grandma. And a whole generation of people got red pilled. Cool. Cool. So Biden's polling numbers, not looking so great. Getting back into that whole uh, across the table with Robert. Is Robert in the room? Ross Perot. No, I think Ross Perot's dead, Infantry 91. I don't know why we're... At Wab. What's up, bro? Ross Perot's got to be dead. He was old when I was young, and I'm not young anymore. Nope. I voted for him in our, like, fake school. Hell yeah. 
you're going to hear a giant sucking sound. That's the sound of all that money from those lobbyists coming out of Washington, D.C. There won't be any of them alligator wingtip shoes anymore. Well, they'll still be there in the Smithsonian. I liked him. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, he died in 2019. 2019. It's a good thing he never got elected because uh, somebody would have accidentally shot him in the face. Yeah. It would have been a, a total accident. <laughs> Fluster Cluck yelled, he's dead. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Fluster Cluck. I apologize. <laughs> She's playing by pelt rules. It's okay. Uh, let's see. A couple of other interesting things. Iranian warship enters the Red Sea amid Houthis' ongoing attacks on commercial vessels. Now, the article I was trying to find, and I have been unable to find any actual reporting on it, um, was that apparently yesterday the Houthis actually successfully attacked a U.S. warship. In their propaganda, they continuously referred to it as a battleship. And the last I checked, the United States has not successfully fielded a battleship in a theater of war since World War II. Maybe into the Korean War. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we don't use battleships anymore. I could be wrong, but the, uh, the Houthis and therefore the Iranians have been referring to this thing as a battleship. They attacked a battleship. I think they meant to say a ship for battle, like an American warship. Um, and there was one image I saw of what looked like, um, like a guided missile destroyer or something like that smoking. So I don't know. Gulf War One. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know if they actually hit the ship or not. But as far as mainstream reporting, all I've seen is social media reports of it. But uh Okay, guys, got it. USS Missouri was in Gulf War One. You guys are smarter than me on this. That's cool. Uh, I'm pretty sure we don't, <coughs> we don't have any battleships in the Middle East right now. Okay. <coughs> 1983 was the last battleship in service was decommissioned. There you go. That was, what, 40 years ago. So, 42, 41 years ago? Yeah. 2024. Gay. No. 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 Yeah. 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 So <laughs> allegedly the Houthis have attacked a US battleship in the Red Sea. Yeah. Um, but Iran is moving their Alborz uh warship into the Red Sea, which uh, is part of like one of the Iranian flagship vessels. What's interesting is that the um where did it go? The U, uh, USS Ford carrier ha is being uh, moved back out of the Mediterranean. And so as the Ford is moving out, the Iranians are moving in their battleship. And it's kind of congested with military vessels in the area. It's also an interesting overt show of Iranian support for what's happening in the Middle East because Iran thus far, hasn't really, even though everybody knows, hasn't really stepped up to the plate and said, yep, Houthis, there are guys. Hamas, there are guys. Hezbollah, there are guys. Um, if I was Iran, I think that this is stupid because uh, there's even more reporting coming out that Iran has uh, significant or sufficiently enriched enough uranium 
to make uh, three uh, atomic weapons with it. And uh, Iran is all like, no, 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 we're only enriching uranium for medical use. Okay. Um, and so there's highly enriched uranium, which is like 20% or more enriched. And then there's military grade uranium, which is 60% or more enriched, as I understand it. And the they have enough of the 60% plus to make uh, three nuclear weapons with it. I just feel like, I don't know, I can't substantiate it, but I just feel like um, we're going to get one of those talks like, Saddam's got weapons of war, like that, except it's going to be like, Iran's got weapons of war. <laughs> so, so keep an eye on Iran and potential... U.S. involvement in Iran. We know that we're already hitting targets in Syria. We're hitting targets in Iraq. Uh, Iran, not that far of a stretch. And if Iran keeps act, acting up, if the Houthis keep attacking our people, hopefully, and when I say hopefully, it's not that I want war. It's just I don't want to be spineless either. At some point, the administration is like, that's it. We've had enough. Now, going to war under President Biden is not something that I think anybody should do. Because, again, I don't think he actually knows where he is right now. Wherever he is, whatever he's doing, I guarantee you the man is confused. So, like, starting another war in the Middle East, probably not a great idea. Comma, at what, how many times does one need to get punched in the face before you punch back? And so now we've got... U.S. warships in the region. Iran is rolling out a warship in the region. The Russians want to have warships in the region, but they're kind of running out of warships. It's just something to keep an eye on. And to that point, another interesting article from uh, BBC. Let's see. U.S. Navy helicopter destroys Houthi boats in Red Sea after attempted hijack. Four vessels from the Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen fired upon the Maersk Hangzhou, which is a uh, merchant vessel, and got within meters of the ships of the U.S. military. Helicopters from the nearby U.S. warships responded to a distress call and, after being fired upon, sank three of those boats in self-defense. Apparently, the Houthi rebels fired uh, small arms at a U.S. helicopter, and then the helicopter was like, Okay, FAFO, and sunk three of the four ships. The crews were killed, and the fourth boat fled the area. A Houthi spokesperson said the vessel had refused to respond to warning calls and that 10 of its group members were dead or missing after the incident. Houthi forces have been attacking ships in the Red Sea since November, launching more than 100 drone and missile attacks on vessels passing through the vital shipping lane. The Iranian-backed Yemeni rebel group has previously claimed its attacks are directed at vessels linked to Israel in response to the war in Gaza. And blah, 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 blah. It goes on from there. Helicopter versus small boat. Helicopter wins is the crux of the article. So yet again, something to keep uh, an eyeball on, an ear on what's going on over there in the Middle East. That, I believe, is the uh, brief for today. That's what I got for you guys today. Uh, Happy New Year to those of y'all that do that. Um, somebody asked me, hey, did you have a good New Year? I, 
had a day. I pushed dirt yesterday. Like, what did you do for New Year's Eve? I hung out with some homies around a fire. Mm-hmm. It's. And then homesteaded. Yeah. And then homesteaded. Who cares? Yeah. It's the new year. Why? Why? Yeah. What? What's the. I think the thing that most people are excited about was they got Monday off from work. A lot of people got Monday off from work and they're like, we get to party two days in a row, Saturday and Sunday. All right, whatever, man, whatever you're into. Uh, I, d- I don't care. Me personally, I don't care. I live my life on a seven day cycle. Six days ye shall labor. The seventh is a Sabbath of rest unto Yahuwah your Elohim, the Lord your God. I, other than that, I, I don't care. When's Passover? When's Sukkot? All right, I'm good. I, I, I'm good. Oh. A couple of things for you before you go. Um, there's a link in the description. We have some new bear swag out. A lot of y'all have been asking, um, hey, when am I going to get more T-shirts, more stickers, more? We have a bear flag, a bear nation flag, if you want to fly your bear flag. Um Vinyl decals. The Goats and Hose shirt is back. The Goats and Hose shirt. If you uh, missed that run of shirt from a couple years ago, Goats and Hose, it's back. Um, let's see. What a lot else? of people are excited about that because their original one is like fade. It's been long yeah. enough. It's like faded, has holes in it. Like, yep. People have worn the crap out of that. So, so Goats and Hose, uh, long sleeve, and then plus size um three to five x um we've got that ungovernable long sleeves um tumblers tactical chicken uh tactical chicken sticker there's a uh there's a tumbler like one of these with the tactical chicken on it that says cluck around and find out on it bear independent hats bear independent flags uh coffee cups whatever all that stuff's there if you go to bearindependent.com, you can click on the store, you can find it, or there's a link in the description that takes you directly to that. Unafraid, uh, we'll be coming back upstate 717. We're working on that. So we're just we're just starting to roll out some some new merch again. And I'll be completely honest with you. My aim with rolling out the merch is to help fund the house that I am building. So a, a little uh, a little alternate source of income coming in to help pay for the house that I am building because my wife is seven months pregnant and we're about to have a fourth child. Praise Yah. And uh, the house that I currently live in requires about $100,000 worth of work between foundation, exterior, and roof in order to make it livable again. And so instead of that, we're just building another house. And so that's going to take money. And so we're rolling out some more merch. So if you guys want some merch, you can find it at bearindependent.com. And if you don't want some merch, Mazel Tov. Hey, man, whatever you're into. Now, uh, Patreon.com, link in the description. It, Patreon's 10 bucks a month. It's the best 10 bucks you can spend on the internet. Um, yeah. it's If you're on Patreon and you're in the chat and you feel like Patreon is worth your 10 bucks, just throw a thumbs up in the chat real quick or type in the word yes, just real quick. In the mouths of two or three, let a thing be established. Let's see what the patrons in the chat think.
Yeah, and there's a wall of yeses and thumbs. I appreciate y'all very much. Thank you. It is not an I love me, you should love me too page. The idea behind Patreon is to over-deliver on value. There are almost 5,000 posts on Patreon now. And you can use the search bar on Patreon if you're like, I wonder if Bear's ever done a video on how to butcher a sheep. Yep, three of them. There they are. Wonder what Bear thinks about chainsaws. Yup, there's nine videos on chainsaws. I wonder what Bear thinks about homesteading. You just put in homesteading and you'll get 200 videos on homesteading. Mutual assistance groups, uh, tactical equipment, reviews, all that. It's all on Patreon. Tommy and T discussion. Yeah, and my wife is on there a lot more. So you want the female aspect of what we do from preparedness as well, also on there. Um, and then on Thursday nights, we do the Pelt, which is the Patreon exclusive live stream Thursday, which is a two hour live Q&A hangout sesh every Thursday night, approximately 630 p.m. Central. It's 10 bucks and you get to ask me whatever you want and I will probably answer it. And so having that type of access to, frankly, somebody who's been in preparedness for 17 or 18 years at this point and has done all the phases from living out of a duffel bag in urban environments to living in suburbia to now rural homesteading and operating businesses and running ministries and all that it's all on patreon pelt is lit says wisconsin farm boy is that really how they talk up in wisconsin these days <laughs> nice uh refugemedical.com as you guys know, I'm the founder and CEO of refugemedical.com. My goal for Refuge for 2024 is to be the source for medical equipment for the preparedness community. And to the extent that you guys can help us do that, help spread the word, I would really appreciate that. Refuge has an affiliate program. If your mutual assistance group or your firehouse or your law enforcement agency or your school or your business needs to purchase kits, you should sign up as an affiliate so that you get a percentage of that that you can use for whatever you want at the store. Um, just call the store or email uh, admin at Refuge Medical. They'll hook you up with that. Uh, help us spread the word. I would really appreciate that. If you guys and girls out there could help spread the word on Refuge Medical and what we do, our mission statement is to save lives while in service to the Father's kingdom and experience the abundance of his provision and blessing. That's what we're about, saving lives in service to the Father's kingdom. If you've already bought something from Refuge, a really big help for us would be if you could go back to that product listing on the website and just leave us a review. Or on Google. Or on Google. Help Striker Cade reach his goal of 10,000 reviews on Google. That's Striker Cade's goal? Yeah. Praise Yah. Thanks, Striker Cade. Um, and then, of course, if you need a kit that's made in America and guaranteed forever that will actually save your life, unlike a lot of our air quote competitors, uh, we are we are in a market of one. We don't have competitors. There are other people that do what we do, try to do what we do, like they're in the same industry. But there's literally nothing that's comparable. Uh, Ninety five people 
95 people have had their lives saved with refuge medical equipment, plus 17 law enforcement officers in the state of Oklahoma through Project Tribute. That's 112 witnesses in four years. I don't have to wonder about whether or not our product works. I know that it works. It's the best kits that money can buy. And the way this freaking country is headed, man, if we don't take personal responsibility to be as prepared as possible, to be able to literally save the people that we love, I just, I don't ever want to be in that situation. We're, uh, we were coming home from the big town near us last night and three sheriffs went by us, lights and sirens, and the youngest child was in the back seat. It's like, I wonder if somebody's getting arrested. That's not usually how they operate when somebody's getting arrested. That's how they operate when somebody's in trouble. And we were in my wife's car. And so I started doing a quick mental inventory. What do I have on me? Because if we roll up on a scene, like I see these sheriffs in between this big town and our house, I'm going to stop and help. And we didn't. Wherever they went was not the same direction we were going. But I start, started doing a mental inventory. And I'm like, all right, I got an ankle kit on me. So I got massive bleeding airway respiratory covered. Good to go. I've got another tourniquet in my pocket. Good to go. I've got an EMT bag in the back of my wife's car. Good to go. There's an original bear fact there. There's an original bear fact in the car. Good to go. And I've got my chest rig with a rifle because the world's weird. Yeah. Like, and a pocket kit in your purse. And a pocket kit in your purse. I've got my chest rig. It's got an arc on a dangler in it in the back of the car. So, like, so from a medical standpoint, good to go. Trauma medicine, dirt medicine, in between whatever the problem was when the ambulance gets there, we got it covered. And that's a nice feeling when you start running down that that mental checklist of what do I have, what do I know, what can I do? And it's like, yeah, we're good. We're good. And so that's what we do at Refuge Medical. We help solve those kinds of problems. And the, the major challenge with those problems is that if you don't solve them accurately, if you don't solve them well, that person is never going to have that problem again because that person is going to be dead. And so it's a pretty high stakes game, which is why I want to have the best equipment that I can get available to me, which is why we started Refuge Medical. The first bear fact, it's called a bear fact because it was my kit. I needed a good kit. I made a good kit. And apparently that kit was so good that other people wanted it too. And thus Refuge Medical was born. But it's my, it's my kit. It's not my ego. Let's tell them Bob and Liberty the other day at the office. We could call it whatever we want. We call it the Liberty fact. We call it the Bob fact. We call it the Joe fact. I don't care. It's a great kit. It's called the Bear fact because it was our only product when we got started. And it's still, it's even better now than it was when we started. It's still the best individual first aid kit on the market, bar none. I was just on the phone with some people who are embroiled in conflict somewhere in the world yesterday. And they're like, um, we noticed that our paratroopers and special forces are ill-equipped compared to your first aid kits. We would like to get some. Okay. It's a problem-solving tool. 
And the problem with that problem is if you don't solve it adequately, you never have to worry about that problem again. So we don't take chances on stuff like that, which is why Refuge Medical exists. So if you need a good kit, please come see us. If you've already gotten a kit from us, please leave us a review, Google review, or uh, on the website. And please help us spread the word. Again, my goal for 2024 is to be the source for the preparedness community for medical. And we all need medical stuff. The, the crazier the world gets, the more apparent that's going to become. We all need medical stuff. Striker Cade, 10 times better than what I deployed with. Bless you, brother. Thank you. Garen, love my bear fat. Glad I have not had to use it, but I still carry it every day. Bless you, brother. Loki, what's up, man? I still have my Gen 2 fat in my bag. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for the wound bucket. You're welcome. Thanks for buying one. Now, that's, that's the other thing. We got everything from individual components all the way up to stomp bags. A stomp bag is a hospital on your back. So check it out. Uh, Refuge Ruckus is coming up. If you want to come ruck with us through downtown Fort Smith, Arkansas, to raise awareness and funds for Caleb House, which is our restoration facility for juvenile human trafficking survivors, come check us out. It's like uh, me plus 80 more of y'all coming, which is awesome. And we're going to have speakers and workshops and vendors. And we're going to do a day of fellowship on Saturday. And uh, on Sunday morning, we rock. It's a three-day event. There's hotels in the area. There's state campgrounds if you want to camp out or bring the RV. There's Airbnbs. It's in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Why Fort Smith? Because that's where they have a convention center and a place for you to park your RV all in one area. That's why. What's up, Sauce? The Mastiff Kit and Mac 4 Kits are part of our systems. Bless you, brother. I'll take the endorsement. Saw knows what he's talking about. And, and that's the other thing, too, is because Saw knows what he's talking about. When he gets a kit from us and he's like, hey, you should consider doing X, Y, and Z, the answer is yes, because we want the products to be better and better and better. We don't, we're not like Ford or Chevy. We don't come out with a new year model every year just for the sake of it. We only come out with a new iteration when we can make significant improvement on the previous one because the goal is preservation of life. It's very simple. Here's my bear fact. Here's my Bible. And I'm not equating these two things in importance. The blue book is way more important than the bear fact, but they both serve the same function, preservation of life. Okay, I think we beat that dead horse. Refuge ruckus. Don't forget, they can virtually ruck, too. Yes. They don't have to do it in person. Virtual ruckers and remote workers. Remote ruckers. Yes. Yep. All of which can be done. You can visit refugeruckus.com. Um, or you can email events at calebhouse.org if you have questions. Too much skids to your hay bailing, grass cutting, uh, not up to body, not up to ruck. I get it, Tom. Uh, I've had... Two doctors tell me that I should never wear a rucksack again. And I'm like, joke's on you. I'm doing it at least one more time. And the fact of the matter is, we've got like three months for the ruckus to get here. And so I'm going to be wearing a rucksack a lot more than one time again, because I need to get my conditioning back up. And it's, guys, it's not that far. It's a 5K. We're doing 3.2 miles and there's weight classes. You can carry everything from 10 pounds to 50 plus pounds. I'm carrying 50.5 pounds. And I have another brother who's carrying 50.5 pounds. 
because the average age of somebody who's been trafficked, uh, the average trafficking victim is a 12-year-old girl. And the average weight of a 12-year-old girl is 101 pounds. So, me and a brother are carrying a 12-year-old girl. So, if you want to do that with us, refugeruckus.com. Uh, let's see. What else? CalebHouse.org. Well, how about Grindstone Ministries? Grindstone.com. If you need a copy of this blue book, um, and I don't care if you can afford it or not. If you can't afford one, just email admin at GrindstoneMinistries.com and tell us where to send you a Bible. I don't need to know why you can't afford one. Nope. I just need to know where to send it. Let us know you want one and your address. Yep. And if you need two, one for you, one for your wife, that's fine. Just whatever. Just email admin at grindstoneministries.com. Praise Yah. We have had to uh, we've had to take the shipping department for grindstone out of the shipping department for refuge because shipping grindstone Bibles has become such a thing that um refuge which has its own dedicated shipping department couldn't support it anymore and so what a blessing that we're at the point where grindstone needs a dedicated shipping department that's amazing so if you need a bible uh grindstoneministries.com email admin at grindstone ministries if you want to buy them you can buy them at our cost there if you just need one, cool, no problems. Uh, uh, no problem whatsoever. So, Grateful in the Woods is 12 years old. I don't know if there's a name for the emotion that that brings up in me, some kind of combination of sadness, rage, and disgust. Welcome to my world, brother. Welcome to my world. That is why we do what we do. And if you want to help us do what we do, Caleb with a K, calebhouse.org. Um, it is a daunting task. And there are days where I don't like it. But as my brother Saw says, like has nothing to do with it. It is too easy to say somebody should do something about that and then move on with your day. And the anti-human trafficking space is already full of people who already say somebody should do something about that. There are conferences with thousands of people that show up to talk about how bad human trafficking is. And then they always say thousands of people all gathered for the same purpose. Somebody should do something about that. And then the crickets chirp. There are very few people that are actually doing something about this. I mean, actually here in the United States, operationally jamming up bad people and rescuing good people. There are even fewer people that are putting back those putting those victims back together again that are restoring the survivors it is the critical need in anti-human trafficking and even though i don't like it it is something that yah requires of me 
and people conflate easy and good, especially in this health, wealth, prosperity gospel, big C Christian church age that we live in, where God is love. And, you know, he's never going to give you something that you can't handle, brother. It's like, oh, that's bullshit. God is love. And sometimes the way that he loves people is by convicting other people to go and help, to do the things that they don't want to do. And it is exhausting trying to be a man of Elohim. But it is good. And this is not a woe is me pity party for bear. Because the things that I have to do are nothing compared to the things that these kiddos have had to go through. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And so I am blessed that I am surrounded by teams of badasses that are just as, if not more passionate about this than I am, that are out there in the field, even this very moment, getting shit done. And we can't do that without y'all. And it is an honor and a blessing that you guys trust us to steward your hard-earned money to be a blessing to these people that we rescue and that we restore. So thank you for that. Because there are days, y'all, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's not mildly inconvenient or slightly annoying. It's terrible. And I'm glad that y'all are along for the ride. Because it does feel incredibly lonely and frustrating sometimes. I wish that there were more people doing what we do. I wish honestly that this problem didn't exist in the first place, but it does. And hope is not a method. You can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one gets filled up first. Wishing doesn't matter. But on those days when it's terrible and frustrating and lonely, it helps me to know that you, you guys exist and that you get it. So I appreciate it very much. And with that, shall we pray? Oh. Good morning, Father Yah. Father, thank you for the breath in our lungs and allowing us to wake up. Thank you for the sunrise and your myriad mercies. Father, thank you for loving us from the foundation of the world, for redeeming us by the blood of your Son, for convicting us to do your will and for factoring in our stupidity and brokenness into the equation before you even convicted us to move. Thank you for being sovereign over all things and for trusting us to steward all of these blessings. Oh, Father. Father, give us strength, endurance, 
power and authority in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach to get it done, whatever it is today. Father, pour out your spirit on all flesh for wisdom and discernment that we would rightly divide the world, the word, that we would be in the world, but not of the world, and that we would go where you lead. And Father, that no weapon formed against us would prosper. Father, give us peace that surpasses all understanding. And help us remember you are sovereign over all things. That all things work together for your purpose and your good. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Father, help us remember to breathe. Father, put space in between us and our enemies. Put a hedge around us. Father, convict us that two of us would put 10,000 to flight. Father, pour out your judgment on those that deserve it. And your mercy on those that seek your face. Father, anything within the sound of my voice that's not of you, I rebuke it. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach and command it to flee. Build us up as we do our best to build your kingdom here on earth. Let us continue to be your hands and feet. Father, meet our worldly needs so that we can be dedicated to you without distraction. But don't give us so much that we forget you and we forget who's sovereign. Father, I lift all these people up. I lay them at your feet and ask you to protect them today, provide for them today, and bless them today. I ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. I'm out. I got to go play in the dirt. I see y'all when I see ya. Oh, programming note. I have a uh, ton of stuff going on right now. No guarantees on your regularly scheduled Monday, Wednesday, Friday brief. Just is what it is. Keep them on their toes. Some things are more important than others. <laughs> There's things I have to do and things that I want to do. And things that I feel that I need to do. And the things that I have to do come first. Bless y'all. Shalom.